0: Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Old. On this week's podcast, a man who certainly knows where the goal is for Ross County. He had no problem finding the back of the net for Cali Thistle either. It's Billy Mackay. He scores when he wants. Billy Mackay. Billy, a very good evening to you. How are you? Yeah,
1: good, thanks. Uh, good evening yourself. Thanks for having me on.
0: No, it's a it's a pleasure, Billy. Uh, looking forward to hearing about your your time at obviously Cali Thistle, and you're currently at Ross County, and you've been at a few uh, big clubs as well in between times as well. It's uh, we're just saying there that you you arrived in the Highlands nine years ago. Uh, quite an, quite an incredible nine years of your life, I'd imagine. Yeah, it is, Um when I first moved here. Obviously, I wasn't sure if I was going to be still here this time, but you know I've loved my time up here and. He's still living here now, so you know it's, it's been great for me. I think Carl Tremarco said that as well. There's a lot of guys that when they come up, they're not sure how long they're going to be for. You know, you, you kind of love the area, you've obviously made some, some great friends as well. It, it kind of feels like a home from home for yourself, yeah, definitely. It probably is my home now. I've, um, obviously, with my kids, and I speak to my, my son regularly, he
1: says he do not want to move from here, so you know, it's definitely it's definitely our home now, and you know, it's, it's been. It's been from day one really has been
0: great so. Well that's good news for Ross County fans as well because I'm sure that uh, your son's doing the doing the, the groundwork there for uh, potentially extending that contract. Billy, you, you joined Cali Thistle as we said in 2011 but you came up from down south started your career out at uh, Leicester, what was that like in the in the early stages of your career at uh, Leicester City which are now one of the, the biggest clubs in England
1: Yeah, I had a really good time there uh, in the youth team, we we had a we had a really good group of lads. We we ended up winning the the uh, under 18s Premier League as it was. So I, I really enjoyed my youth team there. But I probably in the end maybe stayed a year too long there, which you know maybe cost me a cost me a year in professional football. But all in all, it was good. it was a good uh, platform to you know start my career. And obviously, I didn't didn't quite make it to the first team there, but. You know, I, I learned a lot, of, especially with the the coaches there, with um, Steve hall and Trevor Peake, who were big youth team coaches for me and, and really helped me uh, put my foot into the
0: game. Any um, of the youth team squad that you played alongside, names that we might might recognise, because um, Leicester did produce some some great players as well back in the, the you know that's that time.
1: Yeah, well, the the one that will stand out is uh, Andy King. He obviously he won the Premier League. He was still at Leicester. I think yep. he's just left this summer, so. He was my um, roommate and played in the same team as me. He's the one that stands out, but there was maybe five or six that went on to, you know, make a career in professional football. And
0: obviously, I played with some um, Cali as well, Lee Cox, and Johnny Hayes was there at Leicester at the time as well. So there was a, a lot of players who went on to make that make their way in the game through that youth team. Now you moved on to Northampton Town as well. Um, now I hate to be cliched and, and Wikipedia. Um, your time at Northampton Town, but I'd imagine scoring a a League Cup winner at Anfield uh, is right up there with uh, one of your highlights from your time at that football club. Yeah, um, it's probably up there with my um, highlights in football. And uh,
1: obviously, when we got them in the cup, it was a it was a you know special feeling. And a lot of my uh, family, my granddad, and my uncles are Liverpool fans as well. So I had a lot of uh, a lot of people in the stand that day. I'm Not sure where, who they were supporting, but Obviously after the game, me scoring and going on to beat them was, was something special and had a great night and we actually had it was about 20 come up on the minibus and we had a night out in Liverpool after as well.
0: So it was great. I went to Anfield once years ago when the, the old main stand was there as well and it's, it's, well, it's an experience that will always stay with me. It was a uh, Europa League game and the crowd were, were fantastic. Um, what are your memories like of, of that Anfield night? Yeah, obviously the, the, the fans and the you know, you walk out past the, this is Anfield um, side and come onto the pitch and, you know, it's an unbelievable experience. I don't think I touched the ball in the first half, so <laughs> it was good there. We started really well second half and, and to score was an unbelievable uh, feeling. It was a bit of a shock, really. Um, we, obviously scoring there, I, I, I didn't expect to. And you know, I was great running to right in front of the, the Northampton fans as well, straight in. And celebrating with them was fantastic. So who were the um, who were playing for Liverpool that night? Any I mean they tended to mix it up, obviously, you know, Premier League clubs have massive squads. Any any first team guys that you were up against that night you can remember?
1: Um, yeah, they they changed. I think they rested Gerard and Joe Cole at the time. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, players like Agar rested, so it wasn't the Liverpool first team, but you know, I think they still had a Skirtle at the back and they had a and players like I, who obviously had great careers
2: at Liverpool, so they still had uh, players that obviously were expected to be us and, and never in the end. So, um, you know, still, I think a few players, maybe Danny Wilson, maybe made his debut for Liverpool that day as well, I right. can remember. So, you know, it was a bit of youth and a bit of experience there, but obviously they were
1: expected to be us. And I like, think that was maybe the, the the start of the downfall for Roy Hutchin at the
0: time. Martin Skirtle and Daniel Agar, they're, I mean, two names. I mean, they're no. Uh... There are no shrinking violets, they must have been, uh, well, Martin Skirtle looks like an absolute psycho, um, but yeah, that must have been difficult playing against them. Yeah, it was,
1: like I said, I don't think I touched the ball really first off, but, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough game, And but, I think they were, obviously, their the confidence wasn't at the, at the peak at the time, and Roy we heard was getting a bit, of, under a bit of a car show, you know, we actually started the second half really well, and got, um, got the goal back one all to get to extra time and, and then in the extra time we actually should have won it it was 2-0 in extra time but it went to penalties but we should have won it in extra time we actually had a couple of chances in the end but and obviously we won it in penalty time um, Abdo who's
0: played in uh, Scotland he's had winner win in so that you know, was a great night and you won know, that I I'll remember for the rest of my life Yeah it's not often that sides go to Tanfield Old Trafford the Emirates you know, uh, the Etihad and Goldwyn regardless of what uh, competition it's in now, as we said there, you spent a couple of years at Northampton Town, and as we touched on at the very start there, you, you joined Ivorence Cali Thistle in two thousand and eleven. Uh, how did the move to Cali Thistle come about? Because at that time, uh, Steve Marcella was the the kind of the chief scout, and he was was putting the miles in for Cali Thistle, and he was coming up with these these gems from the you know the the, the leagues down south. How did the move come about? Was there a conversation with Steve Marcella beforehand, or um, was were you aware of him watching you?
1: Um, do you know? What? I don't think they actually they watched me. I think it might have had
0: something to do with them scoring at Anfield. But okay, I was um, the season before I was playing for Northampton, and, and the, the new manager coming, Gary Johnson, and his first game, I actually dislocated my elbow. So I was out for most of the season and from, I think that was in March. So I missed pretty much the rest of the season Come on a couple of substitute appearances
1: at the end. And he put me in in the summer and, and he said they wanted to offer me a new contract. Um, but I kind of had it in my head that I wanted to move on. And so, so over the summer, I just I just left it. I didn't sign it. Come in pre-season and um, I think it was the end of the first week he, he said "You uh, need to come and sign the contract at the end of training and And for some reason, I went home and and ended up um, went home and ended up speaking to my agent, and he said that uh, three clubs were interested: two in England, stay in England, and two in and Inverness. And as soon as
0: I heard that, Terry Butcher Inverness, you know, I was uh, that's what that was. My mind was made up, and Terry Butcher rang me, and and I don't think he's a man that you can really say no to. (laughs) regardless of what the conversations about is. He's quite some character. You, you obviously you had that conversation with with Terry. What was your initial uh, thoughts of of Terry Butcher? Obviously, you know, meeting him for the first time when you come up to him when what's he, I what's he like when you when you come to sign for his for his team. Yeah, he's um, he's quite daunting. Any you know,
1: he's obviously a, he's a massive. First thing and he, and his hands are absolutely huge. So for someone like me, put, put his hand around me and he smothered my whole hand. And, but. No, for someone that I to to sign you was great, and um, obviously, like I said, I actually found out they they hadn't really been watching me, which was probably a, was probably a bit of a negative. But I didn't know that at the time, and I just thought oh, someone like Terry Butcher wants to sign me, I'm, I'm straight away, straight away going to sign. And obviously, I knew, um, like I said, I knew Johnny Hayes and Lee Cox were playing up there as, yeah. as well, and they had great things to say about it so straight away it was a uh, it was a no-brainer.
0: You obviously mentioned yeah, Lee Cox and Johnny Hayes. Are already in there. What are your kind of uh, initial impressions of the the rest of your teammates as you, you know, get to know? I mean, there's a lot of big characters in that and that squad that season. Richie Foran, uh, Ross Topley was still there as well. Ryan Essen. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of characters in that team. Yeah, there was. Uh, unfortunately for me, the,
1: my first training session I got injured. Ended up rolling my ankle and um, I was out for. I think I was out for six, seven weeks. It was quite a bad one. Uh, so for me, straight away, I was I was kind of put on the back foot, foot and didn't really gel as, as well as I liked. Um, I think anyone who knows me knows I hate being injured and, you know, I, I kind of go into a bit of a shell. And When, when obviously I've moved to a new team, moved to a new city and, and got injured straight away, I, you know, I was, I was probably a little bit embarrassed, to be honest, and, and it didn't really click as well. And like you said, there were some big characters in there, but.
2: For me, obviously, I went not really gelling with them because I went not training with them. I was just you know, coming
1: in and going to the gym every day, which is, is, was something I hated. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, like, that's what probably took me
0: a while to uh, get going in the next. Yeah, because that, that first season that you come up, I mean, it's obviously, a, I think the best way to describe the season for uh, Calythus so all that year was a bit of a transition because they, they'd had a, a decent enough uh, season last year. They made the top six for the, the first time And then Terry, uh, you know, obviously brought in uh, a a, a number of players that year. That season was the final season for the likes of Ross Tokely, Johnny Hayes. um, I think Adam Rooney had had gone as well. So there was a a bit of a change of the guard. That first season there, you you mentioned, obviously, you you took a while to get going as well. It's a a bit of a a difficult one, as you say, you know, coming to a a new club, new country, and then having a, a bit of a sticky season. Not just you know, not not yourself, but also the team on the park as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard year for me. Um, first time I'd moved away. Well, I'd moved away
2: with with Leicester, but it was only forty five an hour down the road, so mm-hmm. I could get home at the weekends.
1: This was obviously a big big move for me. My son was only three four months old, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a big move for me. And and like you say, it didn't, it didn't start off well. Obviously getting injured, and then it took me a while to uh, to get in the team and. And to be honest, I think I think Terry um, has told the story before that they told my agent that they didn't think I was going to make it, and that I could find a new club in the January. And, I, and we we actually played um, Ross County. It was in a in a reserve
2: game. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was the start of December, and I managed to score a couple of goals, play really well, and and,
1: and Terry put me in. The next day and said, like, where's that been where's that being kind of thing? And he said, look, I'm going, I might start you Saturday. I said great, like I'm ready. I'm ready to play, and he ended up throwing me in at Saint Mirren away. And from then on, I kind of, kind of got in the team. And like you say, it wasn't the team wasn't doing that well on the pitch. Yeah. But you know, I, I felt like my performances were good. I wasn't scoring as many as I liked, obviously. But you know, I felt like I was de- I was performing well in, 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 kind of a struggling team and in the season. Obviously, I think we finished tenth in the end, which, um, obviously, not the best, but. You know, for a club like Inverness you know, at the time it was what was expected to be down there and, and just surviving and you know, at the end of the day I think we were just happy to stay in the
0: vision that season. When I when I look through the, the, the team that year as well, it's incredible because there was a you know, a couple of characters in there um that some may have forgotten about. David Davis went on to play for Wolves, I'm pretty sure in the Premier League as well. Uh, Roman Golobart yeah. was there, um he went on to play in, I think in Germany and Spain as well, if I'm right. Um, and then there was guys like Claude Nap- Napka that, that kind of come in. And it was a bit of a, I'm sure there was a bit of readjusting for Terry that year. Um, but there was a lot of players coming in and out as well. That must have been a, a bit of a, a strange one for yourself, having just joined the club and seeing you know, players basically coming and going. Uh, quite a lot
2: yeah it
1: was it was a strange season obviously like you say they're the players that have gone on to uh, have really good careers and at the time you know obviously we didn't do that well as a team so you, you, you're wondering if players are going to go on and have the career they have but obviously like they've obviously been brought up for a reason and it, it might have not worked out or might not gone as
2: well, well for some of them as um, as was expected in the but it's, it's full credit to
1: them for going on to have the careers they've had and you know there was, a, there was a lot of players that um, come in and, and didn't really do it I I, knew, I remember the, there was a few the next season as well that come in on loan and stuff and didn't really play and, mm. you know that was just kind of the way it was at Inverness you had to take a chance on a few players to bring them up and see if, see how they'd done it and uh, you know some done brilliant and the prime example for me is someone like Charlie Taylor who come up and didn't really play for Inverness and, you know he's a regular in the Premier League now so just shows you that um, you know, if you don't do that well at one club, you can still go on and make it somewhere else.
0: That's right, I completely forgot about Charlie Taylor because he, he came up the, the the following season, I think he only played maybe a handful of games and uh, and he's now, you rightly point out, he's a regular in the, in the Premier League. Um, that yeah, following he, season... He, sorry. He, he couldn't get on the team, obviously, with um, with Graeme Shinny there. He was only a young lad at the time on goal. You know, I, could, I don't think anyone who played with him at that time could have predicted he would go on to have the career he's had now and that's all credit to him. Your second season at the football club it's the proverbial night and day because that following season is not only a, a tremendous season for um, for yourself but also for the club too. That that kind of that. I'm trying to think back to the, the first couple of weeks of the season, I think there was a there was a draw at Saint Mirren. There was a defeat to Celtic and in it and, it, and Terry had brought in a couple of players during that uh, summer: like Sagari Warren, David Raven, uh, Ross Draper, etc. And I think they eventually did gel, um, and, and what a tremendous season that the club had. Could you sense signs during that summer that that the additions that Terry had made, you know, that, that perhaps you were turning a corner from the the season before?
1: I, I'm not sure that I can sense it obviously there was a big big change over I think obviously bringing all the English players up um, you know from letting go of you know Proctor and Tokes players like that who have been around the Scottish game for a while it was obviously a big change for the club and I don't think we had like the best pre-season where you thought we were going to go on and have the season we had but you know and and like you say the first few games it, it didn't click as well as you know, everyone would have liked. It. I think I think we beat Simmer in the first game of the season, and, and then after that, the next three or four games we didn't win. And there was a couple of changes in the team, and but um, you know, when, like you say, once we gelled, it was it was unbelievable. And I think from maybe the, the fifth fifth game to the last game of the season, it was probably only two or three players that were that then were in and out of the team, and and it, it was all credit to us for keeping our places in the team. Um, Obviously, I think that was one of the big, big factors of how well it went the season. we had a we had the eleven who was pretty much going to play every week because we were playing so well, and had one or two guys that would come in if there was an injury or or a suspension. But you know, it, it was unbelievable how much we clicked on and off the pitch, and I mean, it was fantastic to be a part of.
0: Yeah, you're right with the one to eleven because you could, you know, literally go through the the side. You know, one or, one or two would change, but that you, the same eleven was pretty constant. You um scored twenty seven goals that season. Um, you struck up a great partnership as well with, with Andrew Shinney. Um, how um how good was that to play alongside Andrew when you, you, you just looked like you the two of you really gelled together, uh, you understood each other's game. How how much of a good thing did you and Andrew Shinney have going there?
1: Yeah, it, brilliant to be honest. He, he's one of the best players I played with um on the pitch. I think the understanding we, we got over that season it was incredible and now, like you say, we also we, we bonded off the pitch as well. We we sat next to each other in the dressing room, even from the year before. But the year before, with I didn't really, you know, get along with him as well as I did that season. And yeah. on and off the pitch, we we really well. And he he was unbelievable to play with. He he would take the ball anywhere on the pitch, anywhere anywhere at all. You give it to him, and you knew he'd look after it, and you knew he'd make something of it. And for me, it was easy to play with because I I could just stay up front, and he could. He would go get the ball and, you know, play the ball to me. I'd just bounce it off and make my runs in behind. So he was so easy to play with. you understand with him was brilliant.
0: Now, that there's a spell during that season uh, I checked up on it. Seven games, you scored 12 goals. There's a, I mean, it was probably between, I think, November uh, and right through December, you scored a hat-trick against Dundee United in a, in a four-all draw, and a 4 all draw. You score the um, only goal of the game when you beat Celtic at Park End as well and in fact I remember speaking to you after that game am I right in saying there's perhaps maybe a a bit of Rangers persuasion in the family yeah
1: there is my, my dad's uh, my dad's a really big Rangers fan um, so he was uh, he was delighted that night he went, he went he actually went out back home and was uh, was uh, buzzing to say the least <laughs> I,
0: do, I do remember uh, I do remember speaking to you after that that game and I spoke to Terry Butcher, and I'm assuming that you know, obviously Terry was very happy because he had that Rangers connection as well. When when um, when you're having you know a, a difficult first season, I'm assuming that that Terry, you know, as you as you said, stuck by you, gave you that second chance, but he's absolutely loving you when you're when you're hitting the ball in the back of the net on a consistent basis like you did.
1: Yeah, to be fair to um, Terry, the season before obviously it didn't go as well as I liked. Him he rang up
2: in the summer straight away and offered me a two-year contract and I think that was um, a bit frowned upon with a lot of the fans thinking
1: you know what have I done to deserve that and you know I remember reading a few things saying like uh, probably something about my whole career like he's not big enough he's not strong enough and and, uh, you know it was great to prove a lot of people wrong that season and change a lot of people's opinions and
2: you know Terry to be fairly stuck by me like you say and, and he uh that season, obviously, he
1: was uh, he was very happy with me about scoring that. I think that season, I might have even went on to
0: sign a new contract with the club. Yeah, that. I mean, you had a, a tremendous season in front of the goal. I'm um, I'm pretty sure. I think Terry used to correct him wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure he used to say that you used to sniff out. He was comparing you to like a a sniffer dog. You just you could sniff out goals wherever you whenever you went. I'm sure he had. Lots of different comparisons for different players that season, but he's uh, he had his he had his unique ways in the dressing room.
1: He did, he did. Um, he, before every game, he used to come in home games mostly, but he'd come in with a new, a new weird thing. He'd go around the change room and ask his you like, say, "Say, what kind of dog would you be if you were a dog? Or who's a famous person in history that you can compare yourself to? Or what animal would you be?" But to be fair, I never really got to answer them he'd always come to me first and you know I think I was ai can't remember what kind of dog I was but you know he'd say I was a wasp I'd always buzz about and then he'd pass on to the lad so I kind of got away with it because he'd always used me as the example first but he had these crazy crazy ways just to take your mind off the game and the pressure off you it was weird you know when you think back to it or say it out loud it, it, it don't sound right but
0: it was working for us and you know we, we kind of bought into it and loved it yeah, that, that season um, it, it ends in, I was going to say disappointment, but I mean, really for the, the for Cali Thistle that season, it was deemed a, a success. Um, there was a game, you scored a hat-trick against Motherwell 4-3, and I think there was a home game the week after against Dundee United. If the club had won that, you're talking European football, in the end it didn't quite work out as well. But that season, given the fact the club finished 10th, you know, it was a was a success, knowing that you, you know, very nearly uh, got European football as well. And I think you know Terry was was happy, but at the same in the same token, quite disappointed to miss out. But it was a it was a good season overall. Yeah,
1: it was it was a great season. I think we only needed um, three points out of, in one of the last two games, mm-hmm. and obviously we ended up losing them both. And, no, it was disappointing to end like that. But when you put it into perspective, where it would come from, and obviously, pretty much a new team at the start of the season, uh, we were delighted how it um, ended. And I think that was that was the season was a springboard to to
0: to carry on for the next couple of seasons and have the success that the club did. Yeah, I think um, you know, obviously, you know, John Hughes um, took the club on to win the, the Scottish Cup. But if you if you look at it you know Terry helped lay, lay the foundations um, it has to be said a lot of the players he signed but but Yogi obviously got them over the line in that Scottish Cup final um, the second season is a very interesting one as you mentioned John Hughes arrives uh, Terry Butcher departs what were your initial um, feelings when you find out that Terry's linked with Hibbs and subsequently goes to, to Easter Road what was your uh, can you remember what you, you felt at the time? to be I think we're of you know
1: how how well we've been doing, and obviously at the time we were much higher up in the division than Hibs as well. Obviously they, and you know Hibs is a massive club, and you know, I think straight away he we, we said that he was going to leave. But I think we were at the time we were gutted as a as a team, and but um, you know at the end of the day that's football, and you know we, we knew that we still had a good team in the dressing room and whatever manager come in, we could uh, we can continue what we're doing and and
0: it, and it proved that way. Yeah, Yogi arrived uh, late November. He took him from Derry Butcher as well. I don't know if, if you knew anything about John Hughes before he arrived, but I'm sure that you uh, quickly got the measure of the man when he arrived because he's, uh, again, another uh, colourful character.
1: Yeah, he, he was... Um, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him when he came in he came in the dressing room straight away and straight away you knew about his personality he was out there for everyone to see and he was unbelievable for for the club he did take it from Terry Butcher, he took it to the next level when he came in at first he just kind of said he was going to continue
0: to what Terry was doing but straight away he put his ideas into training and the way the club evolved with him and the manager was incredible and you know the style of football everything was was um, unbelievable to play in. And, and you know for me as a coach he's probably the, the best i've ever worked with i was just going to ask you that same question because a lot of the guys that i've i've spoken to that have played under yogi have, have always said that he is up there with one of the best that they've, they've worked with how did he improve or how did he uh, well you know uh, help your game because as I said you scored that 27 goals through uh, the season before you again scored 20 plus that season as well but the style of football that John was trying to implement you were still very much a focal point and that and that was helping you if you like you try and get even more goals yeah, he, he just he just always said to me no matter what
1: situation in a game whether you're 1-0 up whether you're 4-0 up just make sure you just try and score as many as you can just keep getting yourself in the box just keep keep trying to score it don't matter I think we played a couple of weeks in into his reign uh, I think we played
0: Aberdeen at home and I'm sure we were maybe three or four down at half time four nil down he just yeah just put me aside and he just said who cares what it was always just go at
1: yourself a couple of goals and and straight after that half time I managed to get myself a couple of goals and and it got it back to 4-3 and we nearly actually took something out of the game. But for me, he was he was unbelievable. And I think everyone you speak to will tell you the same thing. And it's, I find it incredible that he's not on every chairman's wish list in, in this league especially or or even at bigger clubs down south because his coaching ability is unbelievable. It's second to none. And his style of play, you just can't get better in it. And the way he took us as a team to the next level... You know, you, you, if you watch games back now teams were too scared to press us because they knew our style of play would, would be pop bit around them and, and make them look silly and that was all down to him the way he wanted to play if you couldn't play that way you wouldn't be in the team it started from the goalie and all the way out to uh, to everyone right up to me and if you didn't play that way you wouldn't be in the team and for me you know, it was, he, he stuck to his principles he never ever changed them and and the success that um, Inverness had was was well, obviously like I say Terry started it with a team he built, but he took it to the next level, and I don't think they would have had that success if it weren't
0: for him. We we spoke to Yogi on the podcast, and he, he tells a story about uh, the the pre season away trip to Birmingham, and um, he, he said that a few of the directors were worried about the you know the style of football uh, that he was trying to implement, but that the start of that season you know, Cali were top of the table. You, um, you were in the thick of the action as, you know, sides, I mean, you beat Seattle at home, for example, as well. I mean, he really got the side playing some incredible football in that season. I know that, you know, you, you departed midway through that season as well, but you must have, again, you know, in, in the same question style, uh, earlier on, you must have sensed that, you know, there was something special happening at, at that season.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said I think we might have been top at the end of
0: November or start of December mm-hmm. and and at the time myself I, I actually I think I was only on uh, maybe one or two goals um, going into
2: November so it wasn't even like you know some teams you see the striker being so prolific that's why they're up there us as a
1: team we were just everyone was playing well and it didn't matter who scored or or anything like that. We just knew that we're going to the pitch and we'd play the way he would set us up. And most of the time, that would get us a win. And we were, like I say, we were at the top of the table. I hadn't really scored as many as I like, but um, we were still up there and, and ended up um, having a really good couple of months in December and, and January. And that's how I got ended up getting my move. But the, the football we played at times was, was incredible to watch. And I actually remember that I think we've had Mirren at home and we, we were nil-nil and I'm sure we were top of the table and the fans actually booed us off for being drawn at half time and that just showed how far we'd come as a team
0: Yeah, you mentioned there the year, um you leave the club in January um, I think towards the end of January um, it's uh, a move to, to Wigan I'll always remember this for, for two things because A, I got your house in Inverness when you left um, so I was quite glad, quite quite glad of that because I got the extra bedroom for the kids. Um, but um, but but the second thing was I remember I think you maybe left maybe say the Wednesday and there was a a school kid came in on the Friday demanding to speak to the chairman uh, and Christine on reception went through to the chairman's office who he was in with Richie at the time and said there's an angry fan wanting to to know why we sold Billy McKay and I think Kenny was quite reluctant to go out, but Richie was like, no, come on, we'll go out and face the music, and then when they went into reception to see he was a school kid, Maybe we uh, Lee Ewan was only, you know, seven, eight years old, um, That, that always, I always remember that, but you moved to Wigan, I, again, I moved down south to the Championship at a time, again, just a, an offer that you couldn't turn down. Yeah, that was it
1: really, Um my contract was coming up at the end of the season, I always had in my head that I was going to try and go back down to England, and, you know, play down there again, and when Wigan can come in in January, um, it's something I couldn't turn down for yeah, the prospect of playing in the championship. And, but also, um, you know, financially there was no way I could turn it down. It was it was kind of a bit of a bit of a life changer mm-hmm. that way. So it was it was a no brainer in the end. And I think I actually I actually had um, an offer from a South Korean team a couple of weeks before. And, you know, Kenny come through and, and uh, asked me, would I even consider it? And I said, no. And he said, are you sure you don't want to hear the figures? And I said, no, there's no way I'm going there. So, so I was quite lucky we can come in the end because the figures to go South Korea were incredible. But, you know, it's not something I was prepared to do. And um, I was just happy to, you know, f- to get my move finally that I'd worked so
0: hard for. And you moved to begin to the championship at- I mean Wigan R. I mean I know they're going through some some difficulties at the time, but they've had success over recent years. They've won the FA Cup. They've played in the in the Premier League as well. They're you know a, a big name in, in English football circles. Uh, talk to us about the the players that you played with down there because uh, Jermaine Pennant was there at the time. Uh, Matt likes him Martin Waghorn. Am I right in saying that Harry Maguire was there at the time as well?
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, he came on loan, maybe a couple of days after I signed. So. Obviously, at the time, you don't like you say, you don't know, know what kind of career he's going to have. But, you know, he came in at, at the time as well on loan. And, you know, it was obviously Don Cowie who I played with. He was yep. there at the time as well. So, yeah, they did have a really good really good squad on, on paper. And, you know, sometimes in football, it, it, it just doesn't work like that. It works, you know, confidence and, and and style of play. The managers play a big part. And, obviously, it didn't work out. The way I wanted um, that season, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it um, that season in the championship. It was a new experience for me, and even though that I didn't play as much as I want, I loved going in every day and, and training and and testing myself at a new level. And I felt like I trained really well and, and didn't get the chances that season I deserved. And you know that was echoed by some of the the coaches would speak to me and say, "Just keep doing what you're doing, keep training how
2: you are, because." You know, you train training really well, and you you eventually get your chance. But you know, it didn't really happen. The, uh, Malcolm you signed me at the time. He, he lost his uh, lost his job and, mm-hmm. and changed
0: manager. And from then on, it was a it was a uphill battle to try and get back into the team. You mentioned there about moving your game up to another level. Uh, we probably skipped over this. Uh, but in 2013, you you won your first cap for Northern Ireland as well. So. And you have eleven to your name, so you were moving up a level in terms of uh, moving up to the international level, which was a brilliant thing at the time for Cali Thistle, but the caps continued to come in. So you were, you know, mixing it with international players as well as you know, some, some big players in that championship as well. There's a lot of big clubs and a lot of you know Premier League players as well playing their trade in there, so it's a it's a step up all round for you. But international wise brilliant to, to get that international recognition
1: yeah it was, it was unbelievable um, I obviously I'd, when I signed for Inverness that was never on my mind about you know, possibly playing in national football and I remember obviously the season we talked about where I, I scored 27 goals I went on the little run and it was that David Proctor actually texted me and said the Northern Ireland um, manager was in the crowd and he was watching you and the squad had been announced and I wasn't in the squad but Someone pulled, someone pulled. out, and you know, I think two hours after he texted me, I got I got a phone call. Um, they were bringing me into the squad, so it was quite of a whirlwind, and you know, something I wasn't really thinking about at the time. I was just concentrating on trying to actually, you know, pen down my place in the Inverness team, and you know, it was an unbelievable experience for me. And from then on, I had maybe three or four years where I was in every single squad, mm-hmm. which was was a great experience. I loved going away and. And the obviously like you say the players that you train with every day, the standards standards are unbelievable. And I remember when I first went into the squad, um, David Healy was there even though he was coming to, towards the end of his um the end of his career, yep. just watching him and training how he trained, he was still in the small side of games against players like Johnny Evans at the time, he he was still turning them and scoring
0: goals left, right and centre. So for me, it was it was brilliant watching him as well, and watching learning, learning little bits of him. Yeah, what a um, what a group of players that that Northern Ireland had um, or still have. I mean, they had a really couple of good years. Was Michael O'Neill the man who brought you into the the squad? Yeah,
1: he was. Um, Michael was brilliant. Me, to be fair, he, he, I was in nearly every squad with him until until the last couple of years, and you know, I ended up um, starting a few games out in Chile and Uruguay when he was a manager and. Yeah, he's another manager who, for me, he's he's right up there, obviously he's gone into Stoke now, but Mm -hmm. his attention to detail um, when you went away was second to none, and you'd know every single thing about your opponent before you played the game, so there was was no way you were going into the game not knowing anything, and he's a manager that, that for me, could have a massive, massive career in the game.
0: You you moved back up to um, Scotland. Um, and on loan, um, you signed for uh, Dundee United, and you're back in Scotland in the in the Premiership in 2015-16. Uh, Mixu Patilinen is the manager uh, towards the end of that season. Uh, how do you look back on on that season at Dundee United? Because whilst it was it was obviously disappointing uh, for the club who got relegated, but you were you know you were back in in amongst the goals as well that year.
1: Yeah, that's. Probably the season in my career that you know was probably my worst in terms of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, it, it kind of happened late. Me going there on there on loan, they had a couple of bids turned down by Wigan to sign me. Um, so I thought I was all set to stay and be part of the squad, and then suddenly the manager turned around and said, "Listen, we're going to sell you. You got to go." And uh, you know, ended up, we ended up having a bit of an argument with him because he wanted me to just go without. You know, I was basically basically take half and half my wages off me and go and sign for him. So we ended up, you know, having a bit of an argument with him and uh, you know sitting on it for a few days and they they finally accepted a loan bid and so I kind of it was kind of whirlwind that happened. But at the time, Jackie McNamara was the manager and you know he tried all summer really to get me, so I, I did feel wanted when I went there. And then after maybe four or five games, I think it was he was he was sacked, and I don't think that was really anything to do with the start we had. I think that was to do with the season before. That was it was coming really, and yep. something that I probably should have looked into before I signed there. Um, but you know, and then we changed the mix who mix come in and had his style of play, which. Was obviously um, it's good what anyone wanted. They wanted to get the ball down and play, but at the time, I don't think we really had the, the players and especially the defenders in the team that, that could play the way he wanted. And with it, uh, most of the time, we end up putting ourselves in trouble. And you know it, that season for me, the team should never have went down, but it was it was definitely a confidence thing. We we used to go one nil up in games. And if a team equalises, would just kind of crumble from then, and, and, and end up losing and a kind of a uh, snowboard, snowboard like that. And, and by the time you know Christmas and January, and February come, we we were way
0: out of it. And it's something in my career that you know if I don't really look look back on with um, any really fun mem- memories. And and especially towards the end of the season, uh, playing I was playing through most of the season through the painkillers the second half of the season and and that definitely didn't help my performances on the pitch either. Looking from the outside in, it just looked like, I mean, there was a couple of instances, I mean, Cali Thistle fans will remember, uh, I think there was a game at Tanadice against, well, it was Dundee United, Cali Thistle and Gavin Gunning, you know, picked the ball up and and walked off and it, it, it looked like, again, from the outside looking in, it, it looked like mix, maybe mixed. there was a couple of things they're winning right behind the scenes um, let, let's, let's put it that way it just looked like a bit of a crazy time at that football club yeah it, it definitely was and um, I know there was a lot of animosity from the fans at the chairman at the time as mm-hmm. well so
1: there was definitely things going on and like you say that was probably one of the craziest moments I've ever seen in a football pitch and you know, I've never seen a player just pick the ball up and walk off the pitch before um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never seen it again as a football player but you know, there was a lot of things that season that, that weren't quite right and at the end of the day you know we got what we deserved at the end of the season we were probably the worst worst team in the
2: league and, and like you said there was a, a lot of a lot of things that weren't right and you know obviously it took a while to get back from that um and finally get back up to the premiership and it probably took a few years
0: for things behind the scene to uh behind the, behind the the scenes there to sort themselves out as well and, and, and a new uh, board and, and chairman in now as well to try and sort that out. So the, the following season you, you go back down south You're on loan at um, Oldham and then in January 2017 you're back wearing the, the blue and red of Cali Thistle again on a couple of months loan spell there. Um, how, um, how different were things at Inverness given the fact that you left in the January 2015 and you're back in January 2017 how how had things changed or did they or had they changed at the football club yes it it didn't feel feel like it was when I left Um,
1: but for my situation obviously it was never going to feel the same I'd I'd actually come up on my own away from my family so I was living away from you know my wife and two kids Mm -hmm. Um, so it was never going to feel the same for me so I was just going back to an empty flat every day which is was something that you know I absolutely hated, and also when I went there, I actually should have never really come back. I, I, like I say, I got that; I had an injury when I was at Dundee United, and it was a it was a sort of a groin um, problem, hip problem, and no one could ever get to the bottom of it. At Dundee United I actually played through with um, painkillers that I'd get me through games, and and the, the physio at the time just said you just need to rest a the bit of summer you know you'll get better so I rested all summer I actually went to Oldham on loan and it, and it felt fine and maybe two or three games into my loan at Oldham it broke down the game again so from then on I was uh, taking two or three tablets a week just to get me through training and matches mm-hmm. so it was something that I really I probably shouldn't have come back to uh, Cali, but it was something that I wanted to do because I, I felt like I'd got away from playing my best football, and I wanted to just go enjoy myself again. And I thought I'd get that going back, but I think we played range. We played the Rangers game, which obviously was, was a,
2: probably my only highlight of, of that season. Yep. And then we played. We couldn't
1: played Celtic. Maybe three or four games later, and I played in that. And from then on, yeah, I may as well have not played because like I say I had this problem going on and I actually come to I wouldn't train all week till the Friday I'd come out do set set pieces and then and then I'd try and play on a Saturday and I was nowhere near fit or ready enough to play and I shouldn't have really did. I remember Richie pulling me just saying you know just, just try and Nick as a goal just try and Nick as a goal and you know but my game's based on my movement and my cleverness around the box and I felt like I'd lost that that season and you know i probably it didn't help.
0: Didn't help the team at all. But the team at the, at the time wasn't in great form and great confidence, and you know it ended really badly. And, and something that I regret as well. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I must admit, I didn't pick up on that. Um, and that was, you obviously being uh, involved at the football club and, and that season as well. And you mentioned there that the Rangers, the Rangers game. That was a last minute goal that you you scored and and gave. I gave a bit of hope, um, but obviously, it, as you say, it, it ends in disappointment. That summer, you, like many, um, have done before you and indeed after you, uh, you make the move to Ross County, um, where, of course, you're 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 playing your trade just now. What were the deciding factors in in, in joining Ross County that summer? To be honest, like I said, I was injured at the time, so I've gone back into uh, Wigan into
1: pre-season and and they kind of said the same thing to me they said listen you just need to give it time and it'll get better but I'd obviously already knew this I'd already given it 18 months and and nothing was really getting better on myself and um, I also broke my finger while I was on loan at Cali that season and and that healed wrong so I then needed to get an operation on my finger so that ruled me out till the middle of August with my finger and that was if my my groin problem got better as well so no one really wanted to sign me until I was fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jim McIntyre was on at me, and and Roy was on about coming up to Ross County, and and I always I always thought in my mind that back on mind that. Um, You know, there was a big possibility I'd probably go back to Scotland because that's where my name was sort of about and and teams were interested in me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if I was coming back up here, I'd obviously had my spell in Dundee, which I hadn't enjoyed. So, And obviously knew the Inverness area and and the Highlands and really, really enjoyed it here. So, as soon as they were interested, you know, they they rang and wanted me to come up. And I said, yeah, I'd I'd come up and wanted to obviously get given up Bash at Scottish football and and the Scottish Premiership at the time. so. I come up and I was I was honest straight away with um, the physio at Ross County Kevin at the time and, and told him I had this. Uh, this is what's wrong with it. We're going to send you to Leicester, um, get the operation done. You'll be back
0: within three weeks. And to be honest, that absolutely blew my, blew my mind because for eighteen months i had this injury and everyone was telling me you just need rest and time to get better, and it wasn't. When the whole time I could have a operation I and mean, been back playing to my best in three weeks. So that, that's, well, that season at Ross County is another uh, very interesting one because, as you mentioned there, uh, Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds lose their jobs uh, a couple of months in. Owen Coyle um, is appointed manager and, and Owen Coyle loses his job. Um, uh, February, March time, Stuart Kettlewell and Stevie Ferguson take over uh, until the end of the season. It's another... Unfortunate season um, as Ross County get relegated, and I, you know, probably this time you must be thinking, "What what have I done?" Um, in yeah. terms of the you know the the last couple of seasons for yourself. Yeah, it was tough, and obviously it was well documented that it was my uh, my third in a row in the Scottish Premiership, and you know, to be fair, I felt like you know some some of the criticism was probably a bit bit undeserved, especially maybe that season I hadn't played
1: as much as I like it. Obviously, the season at um, Cali, I think I only played in 13, 13 games towards the end of the season, and like I say, I wasn't fit, so obviously I was getting a lot of abuse at the time, which um, which is fine, but you know, that season was another difficult one. Obviously, Jim McIntyre signing me and him, I think i come on one game and started one game and he'd lost his job and so one, the ideal start, and then a new manager comes in, own oh, oh, coil and have their own ideas and their own players they want to play, mm-hmm. and you don't really feature as much as, uh, you know, you feel you should, feel you should, but you know it is what it is, and you know I was grateful at the end of the season that with, with uh, Stuart and
2: Fergie coming in and and they pretty much played me from as soon as they got the job, so obviously okay. I was quite grateful in the end that I actually played a little bit of football towards the end, but you
1: know, obviously didn't. Didn't um, end the way I'd like
0: it, um, but you know, you know. But it bounce You bounce back, and the story is a, a happier ending because that season, uh, the following season, Ross County win the championship. They win the double uh, as well with the the Iron uh, Iron. Brew, it was Iron Brew Cup that year, wasn't it? Of course, uh, uh, Iron Brew in, the, in the in the league title, and not only did they win it, I mean they they stroll the league that year. Um, and and yourself, as I say, you get back in amongst the goals. Uh, that must have been, from a personal point of view, um, pleasing. After you know what had been a torrid couple of seasons for you to, you know, to end with uh, league title success and see Ross County back to back to the the Premiership.
1: Yeah, it was a great season. Um, it was probably one I needed myself. Maybe sometimes you need to take a step back before you can go again, and mm-hmm. I maybe needed that to go go down and really find my form again. I didn't actually start the season that well, but you know, when I managed to get in the team, I scored a hat trick against Dundee the United away, and from then on, I kind of kicked on and was in the team every game. And and you know, it was a great season to be part of, and it was one of them. It was a little bit like um, when I was at Inverness, the the changer and the camaraderie we had that season was was unbelievable, and it was topped off for the end of the season with a little trip to Magluf, which was. You know, it was unbelievable as well, and a good few stories from there. But it was, it was, it was a fantastic season all along, and one I needed. And if
0: you know, I didn't break my arm, I, I feel like I might yep. have like went on and matched my, you know,
1: twenty five, twenty seven goals I got for Inverness.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned there the the, the changing room it is a, a lively place, and that's without Michael Gardling. Um You know, it's <laughs> a it's a, there is a it's a good dressing room across at Ross County. It Helped as well. No doubt, in the last couple of years, I mean a lot of your your Callie Thistle teammates uh, are, are there as well. You know, the likes of Ross Draper, Ian Vigers uh, now, of course, as well, and and Carl Tremarco uh, joined in the summer. Um, but it's a it's a real good mix of lads there. That that championship season there, you mentioned them earlier on. You know, a player like Don Cowie, a, a real classy player, comes in as well. You know, the Stuart Kettlewell and Stevie Ferguson had, had done all the right things that year on the park and and off the park by you know, recruiting so well. Yeah, they did. They recruited players who knew the division well, but also we have players that have played in the Premiership for a long time, like you say, with you know, Mitch and,
2: and Ross Draper and, and players like that. And you know, like you say, with Don coming in as well, obviously what what, what career he's had. So for him coming in as well and keeping the standard high every day. And he was, to be fair, he'd come in and obviously he was, you know, he's coming towards the end of his career and, and he was still the best player and training every day, yeah. and that's the standard
1: we all we all wanted to get to. And he'd never let us drop drop below that. And you know, even for me, last season when he was at the club, um, the way he trained was unbelievable. His age has obviously gone to the coaching side now, but what an inspiration he was for that that season. And he kept the standard up, and everyone everyone did really. And you know, we had, we had such a strong strong squad. We had players that. Um, Obviously, three or two or three players in each position, and and striker position for my my position as well. We had you know three or four well-established players fighting for one spot, so you can never never let yourself um, off your guard. And you know you look now at a player like Ross Stewart coming in that season as well, and um, and what couple season he had last season, and he's getting linked with moves to to England. So it shows the recruitment they had that season was perfect and spot on, and to bounce back straight away it was probably a bit. You know, I don't know really, really the word that they were.
0: You know, everyone expected it from us, but it's hard to do. It. And you look at clubs like Hearts, been United, and, and even Rangers, who couldn't get up straight away. And mm-hmm. for us to do it was was incredible. Yeah, I think that season. I mean, the, the big, the big side were Dundee United because they had been down for so long. Everyone thought, right, it's their turn. And obviously same were we down there as well, and there was you know a wee bit of rivalry. But Ross County steamrolled uh, that that season. The the following season or, or last season, if you like, was a was a weird one for everyone. Um, but back up to the the current day, it, it was interesting because I watched Ross County's first game of the season against Motherwell, and you mentioned there Ross Stewart has has really come onto a game over the last a uh, wee while or so and he led the line so well that, that night you know got uh, all the plaudits got man in the match and then the week after Billy Mackay pops up with a match winner just to remind everyone that you know you still know where the back of the net is as well and, and, and that's the, the nice thing I suppose Stuart Kettlewell has is he has Ross he has yourself there's also the likes of Lee Irwin that can chip in with goals as well Josh Mullen I mean there's, there's some, some real good options for Ross County at the moment
1: Yeah there is I think you know, one thing you got to keep doing is improving. And last year was all about us staying in the league, and obviously it happened happened in a way that we all, no one could have predicted. But this season, you got to improve, and that's what we're aiming to do. We've started the season off the best we've ever, the Ross county ever had in the top five division, and and the also they've improved the squad. There's two or three players fighting for every position again, and and there's players really that, that ain't getting a game at the minute who who should be and.
2: Credits to the boys who have been starting that have been keeping their place, and it's going to be a. We feel like it's going to be a strong season, and you know, like you say, Rush Stewart is a player that um, you know is obviously getting linked with moves away. So he shows you how we're doing things right at the club, and we're looking to push on again.
0: Now, as we said at the very start, you've been up here in the Highlands for for nine years now, and you're you love the area. Your family uh, love the area uh, as well. Ross County for yourself. I mean, obviously, you had that. Uh, good spell initially at, at Cali Thistle, and it felt you know really homely for you. But Ross County, I'd imagine, you know, knowing a lot of guys over there, not just the playing staff, but also the the staff off the field as well. The likes of you know Stuart Kerbal, Richie Britton, Don Cowie, and, and Fergie at the top as well. There's there's a real kind of family spirit over there. I'd imagine it's a it's a very nice place to to go and uh, you know to go to work every day. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of good people behind the scenes. Um... You know, from the
1: kit women to to the office people, it's, it's a really uh, family run club, and that's something that's I think's been special. When I've been in the islands, even at um, Cali as well, it, it was similar when I was there. At the time I was there as well, everyone was in it together, and you know, you get a lot of um, you get a lot of stick from from the outside, and you know, you, everyone we just all pushing the same direction, and, and we kind of use that. We kind of use the the underdog. Um, tag that um, John Hughes used to love saying to us that uh, in Vanessa you, you kind of use that when you're in the Highlands because you know everyone's fighting against you and people don't enjoy coming up here and, and traveling all the all the way up here they much prefer us to be you know down a few divisions and stuff and, and not have to do that and they can say stay in their central belt but you know we love that up here and we use that and you know it, it feels like a, a family and the togetherness you have is uh, is
0: amazing. Billy well, we wish you all the very best for the, the rest of the season it's been brilliant to uh, to chat over uh, mainly your, your nine years in the Highlands it's uh, quite an incredible nine years when you when you look back at it or well nine, nine years since you signed for Cali Thistle because obviously you've had spells at, at Dundee United and Wigan in between times but uh, Billy I, I really appreciate your time this evening it's been great to chat to you and uh, all the very best for the season ahead yeah thank kind of a lot um, speak to you soon